Absolute Geek Podcast. It's Friday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. I am Matt. And I'm Kyle. And hold your horses, batten down the hatches, because do we have a fucking shitstorm for you. <laughs> the saga of Amazing Arizona, Jimmy J and Rob Liefeld continues. Not only did it go from me, a conversation between me calling out what I thought was wrong with the Amazing Arizona Comic Con, which we talked about before, to my confrontation with Rob Liefeld, to then Bleeding Cool reporting on it, and now Comic Book Resources reporting on it. We have a local um, comic shop owner by the name of Mike Wheeler and his wife who run Outlaw Comics. Yes. And um, he, uh, I may have lit the fire. On, on this whole situation, but he fucking poured the gasoline and fanned it and, and then put a and, fan on it. And then, yeah, um, this, we, we have the, we're about to sit down with him. I'm, I'm going to keep a complete open mind about that. I have no, just to set the, the precedence. We have no relationship with him. I don't know him. I've never talked to him before. I've just, I, I met him once, like, three three year plus years ago and he was trying to uh he, he was trying to uh he was making a, an app to uh to catalog your comic books so that you could scan it and then have like the eBay listings of it come up so you could see like current values and then you can have it you know logged into your app and stuff so I you know, that's the only run I've really had with him again I've had no, I've never had correspondence with him. All I know is that I was made aware of this, this situation. <clears throat> and kind of what happened is Jimmy J who runs amazing con, amazing Arizona, Hawaii, Houston, Vegas. He pulled out of Arizona and kind of left the area. And it kind of, it kind of left a bad taste in people's mouths as to why he did it, saying that the market was oversaturated. I, I understand why he did it. That's that's near nor there. But, you know, I kind of took the opportunity to say, well, because he, he made some comments, and some comments were made by Rob Liefeld saying that, you know, we we took that convention for granted, and I didn't agree with that. And I, I kind of voiced my opinion. And I said that, you know, I, I don't feel that we took that comic convention for granted. I feel like towards the end of it, we were the ones that were taken for granted. And Rob didn't like that, so he voiced his opinion, and that's fine, and it was dandy, and I thought it was done. But then Bleeding Cool reported on it, and I was like, cool, you know, they didn't say anything about me. And Jesse James got the, the credit for it, because Rob, Rob pretty much went out and said, it's you want to blame someone, pretty much blame Wizard World, and, and kind of... And all these smaller, smaller conventions that are... In. Yeah, trying to wedge in. And so, Q... The last 24 or 48 hours, and shit just got ignited and, and just gasoline poured on it. Yeah, and you know, the way the internet is, every, everybody... The every, court of public opinion, everyone is yeah. a fucking lawyer. <laughs> but essentially so, what happened is is that this, this gentleman, Mike, sent an email. He... Essentially what he he's doing is he's trying to um, get together with Jimmy J to 
take over for Amazing Air Club, but not not take over, but to make a new convention, to rebrand, move to the to August in the cooler months, and call it uh, Wild West Comic Con. And he wanted to hire Jimmy J as a consultant. And he sent me all the text messages. So I have all the messages. I have all the screenshots. I have all the correspondence between him, Jimmy J, and Rob Liefeld. And the emails were sent. I've seen it all. Um, and, and that's all I'm making my interpretations off of is that. And that's what the question's going to be based off of. Um, pretty much from what he said, Jimmy J called him a liar. Rob Liefeld called him a liar. Said he's a scammer kind of done all these things so he he kind of the whole situation was kind of burying itself on his personal on his his comic book facebook page as he was kind of going back and forth with a, another gentleman he's kind of just digging himself in the deeper it, it was like he didn't notice when to stop you know it, and sometimes it gets like that when yeah you, i mean when you're trying to defend yourself and your livelihood i can understand that you you're not going to stop until your point comes across and to be in my opinion the other dude was kind of really trolling him hard (laughs) at some point you kind of just figured the kid was trolling and maybe he wasn't maybe he was i don't know but that's not here nor there but today um another message came out from rob liefeld basically saying that he was banned from cbcs and cgc and it, it kind of just amplified today um, I reached out to Mike yesterday to see if he was interested in doing a interview. Unfortunately, we couldn't do it yesterday um, because Kyle had family things going on. We had other we had other engagements, so we did it tonight. Um, but I'm glad we're about we did to it do tonight. it. Yeah, we're about to do it right now. You're about to to hear it live. Um, I'm going to ask him some questions. They graciously asked us to send over questions that they could pre-screen. I, I did that. They agreed to the, the terms of the podcast. They agreed to the terms of the questions. I have that all in writing. Well, so we, asked a few, we, we sent them a few questions. And yeah, then, and well, I'm sure we'll ask them some other ones. And we will definitely ask them and, some you know, other I'm ones. Not, I'm not going to, this isn't to try and ambush him. I know, I know from being in the community and the, the outcry that he doesn't have the best reputation. Um, but I'm not here to, to ambush him or set him up or do anything like that. I'm here to get to the facts and, and get his side of the story from his mouth because it's hard to... It's very easy to misinterpret something written, and that's all this has taken place is has been written. So I want to get his point of view from his word of mouth, you know, from the word the source itself, and and so there's no more confusion. There there can't really be a a discussion or a debate anymore because it's what he said. It's how he perceives things. And we're just gonna go forward that. So we're gonna go ahead and get him on the phone. And we're gonna get into this interview. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we get some things sorted out. What do you think? I I think we're gonna hear all kinds of things. <laughs> all right, well let's <laughs> let's get him on the phone and and see what we can do here. Let's do it. We are sitting down this evening with Mike Wheeler, owner of Comic Outlaws. How are you this evening, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Matt? Good, good. So um, you're live here with the Absolute Geek Podcast audience, and uh, just kind of a little bit of background here. Um, just kind of tell us what, what's been going on from from your point of view as far as it concerns with the uh, standing of the Amazing Arizona Comic-Con and Jimmy J and, and Rob Liefeld and kind of 
what what's transpired so far? Well, um, we woke up, you know, a couple of days ago to uh, a post that was made by Rob, and uh, you know, he made some uh, pretty interesting accusations, and um, not really sure how he even got wind of anything because I mean, we hadn't approached Rob at all in regards to coming to the show. Um, he wasn't even one of our target guests. Uh, so that was right off the bat, a little bit confusing. Um, so I reached out almost immediately. As soon as I see that, you know, to, uh, to Jimmy J and I'm like, Hey Jimmy, you know, what's, what's going on, you know? And, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've already posted and, you know, since deleted all the correspondence between, you know, Jimmy and Rob and myself. And, um, yeah, it's just been, it's been going on from there. And I don't really understand a lot of it. Um, I'm a big believer that, you know, words actually mean something. Um, when I was going to college, you know, uh, I was an English major before, uh, I switched to business and I uh, got my degree in business. And uh, I, I still believe to this day, you know, words actually mean something. So uh, wording to me is very important. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you on that standpoint here. Um, so just a little background for you. I don't know if you, because uh, I asked you about this interview yesterday. I don't know if you took the time to look it up a little bit. But um, our listeners are actually are actually very um, versed in in depth in this situation as I've kind of was in your shoes about a week and a half ago when they announced or two weeks ago when they announced that Phoenix, that amazing Arizona wasn't coming to Phoenix. Um, I kind of, you know, I kind of took jabs at Jimmy J and Rob a little bit after he came to Jimmy J's rescue, kind of sort of like he did with you um, about the convention, the whole, the quality of the guests that have been there the past couple of years in, in kind of, I'm kind of the one that, spurred rob to say that you know um it it's cons like wizard world that are just coming up and kind of flooding the market are the reason why the market is so saturated um do you well, i tell you what man you got bigger balls than i do because i mean i've been nothing but so-called friends with these people uh, like i said this is it's a shock to me you know i mean i've had several signings with rob Liefeld. I, uh my wife's been a, a, in attendance of every single show he's done in the last three years uh we've handed him thousands of dollars well jimmy show uh we've handed him thousands of dollars in exclusives i mean hell in amazing las vegas i i gave him three grand for some batman books you know and and, and the time before that you know a couple grand for some spider-man deadpool you know, it's just, it, it's shocking how, how quickly stuff changes when competitors into the market. Yeah. And, and I, I completely understand. Um, just, uh, a couple kind of, you were gracious enough to send me screenshots of everything, your correspondence with Jimmy J and, and pretty much your emails with Fabian, pretty much everything that's been going on. Um, uh, just a quick comment here. Your correspondence with Jimmy J from uh, at least what I've seen to suggest that he was willing to help you, but wouldn't confirm even really speaking to you about the convention or his role as quote unquote, a, um, I don't know what you would call it. A consultant until consultant. you, yeah, like a consultant. until yeah. you came to him with a, a, a budget of how much you're looking to go with and how much you're looking to spend. 
and everything like that. So um, what kind of led you to believe in the emails that were sent to Fabian uh, with the verbiage that was used? What about those though that conversation with Jimmy J led you to believe that he was going to kind of take this consultant role? Because from my standpoint, just reading what you provided, it kind of looks like he was like, show me the money, show me the money, show me the money. And he didn't really have any interest in discussing it with you until you had a, a solid dollar amount to provide. Yes. Um, that, that, that seemed to be the case too. And I, you know, well, first let me tell you a little secret here. Um, I don't write any of my own correspondence and I'll tell you why I cuss too damn much. Some people say I come off too strong. I didn't even write this email, man. My wife, Mindy, wrote it with my full endorsement and approval, though. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to throw her under the bus or to provide a you a scapegoat or anything else. I accept full responsibility in that email, and I understand the words that were used, and they were carefully chosen. Um, I had every intent and knowledge uh, going forward that I was planning on hiring Jimmy J. And this was right up until the point we contacted Fabian. Fabian was the absolute first guest that we ever contacted. So Jimmy's J, uh, Jimmy J's name was brought up. However, if you look at all of our other correspondence to every single other creator out there that we contacted, there is no mention of Jimmy J. Not in that light as a consultant. Um, Like I said, it, it was, I had every intention of bringing Jimmy on. And then I made a phone call to the convention center. And the convention center said, hey, check this out. We can get everything done for you and switch all the accounts over to you. So basically, you'll have the same staff and crew that, you know, Jimmy did. What you got to do is pay the bill. So I was like, huh. It's not the same account, but it's the same Everything from Mindy, either you're going to talk. Oh, yeah, go ahead. All right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you just said you didn't want to talk when right, we first started this. Go ahead. All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he said all the same staff and everything is going to be there. And by staff, he's talking about the pipe and drape people, the security, the people that work concessions. There is a difference, again, with the verbiage here in regards to staff and volunteers. Jimmy's crew is assembled of a group of volunteers, to the best of my knowledge. I mean, isn't that how most shows work, Matt? Yes. Volunteers? Correct. Okay. So that wouldn't be considered staff because staff would be paid, correct? Correct. Okay. All right. So, um, again, like I said, wording is very important here. So when you're uh, looking at this email, let's break this down. Uh, I mean, I've looked at this thing over the last two days 50 times, and I can't find one thing wrong wrong with it. Um, Fabian asked the questions, where is your show being held? How many shows have you you done? What has the attendance been? Well, I said, well, um, this is my first one. Does that give any indication that it's not my first one. I don't think it does. Um, I mean, right there, right. You're, you're pretty much telling somebody, Hey, there's a new show on the block. It's my first time. Um, 
Although I'm hiring Jimmy J as a consultant, as well as reaching out to a few other experienced showrunners to guide me through, which actually I have. And uh, we're partners with another showrunner. I'm not going to bring up his name yet because I don't know if he wants to be mentioned. But he holds a territory, too, and he's a 50% owner in this thing going forward. Uh, I already have Neil Adams on board. Based on our uh, verbal talk we had in Vegas, he seemed pretty on board. Just because someone's on board, that doesn't mean that they're committed. It's, it's not confirmed. Being on board with something is like agreeing to go forward, to go forward with talks. You know, again, I said I'm in talks with Jim Lee. Well, I have multiple messages of being in talks with Jim Lee. I mean, his rep, Eddie, called me just last night. Had no idea any of this was going on. Um, if if I can and, you know, interrupt just for a second, can you kind of touch a little bit more on the conversation that took place between you and Neil Adams? Because, I mean, in the email, you say that you... You know, you've retained Neil Adams, but from our conversation, you you made it very clear to me that it was just a a verbal agreement before anything was even signed and set in place. So, do do you kind of feel that maybe a a verbal agreement it should have been in in writing in in contract signed before saying that Neil Adams was going to appear at this convention? All right. I, all right, I, I, you're, we're going into a business sense of things too, and, and you know that's kind of where that's kind of where things are a little bit different. I have a relationship with these people, you know. Um, they're, I think of them more like friends than um, tools. You know, um, I, I'd get a contract on a tool. I wouldn't get a contract on someone that I shake hands with, you know, every month. Um, I have a very good relationship with Neil. I've I've not had anything but glowing, glowing respect for this man. And, you know, I hate to see him even bothered with this trash because this was, this was a talk between two grown men who, who said, you know, I was like, Hey, I'm throwing a show, Neil. And Neil's like, yeah, I'll go. Let's work it out. We're the easiest people to get a hold of. Damn to me. Shit, he's on board. You know, uh, I mean, uh, it's it's kind of like talking to a friend other than uh, other than using a tool. I don't see these people as tools to be used or to be um, uh, to be wrangled in uh, like cattle. You know, I, I just I don't feel that way about these people, especially being that my wife's an artist and we go to all of these shows every single month we're at a show and we see these same people we work with these people we know them by their first names we ask them how their kids are doing their kids play with our kids you know what i mean it's 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 different it's not like that at all does that clear up a little bit yeah no you yeah it, it clears up a little bit as far as like the Neil Adams situation goes, but my other question really is: You said you had no intention of bringing Rob into this show. So what? What made you target Fabian? Then you would. I mean, if you had no intention of bringing Rob, what was the the idea behind targeting Fabian? I really don't want to answer that question. Okay. That, can 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 we pass on that one? You definitely can pass on that one. That's that's fine. All right. All right. Um, anyway, I'd like to continue with the email here. Um, I mean, we're, we're seeing here, like, in talks with Jim Lee. Again, nothing confirmed. 
basically taking over. If you look into what that means, it means assumption, taking on, uh, to carry on in succession. You know, it doesn't mean buy out, which is, you know, the grandiose claims that they're making. I mean, how can even someone, I don't even understand how someone can even get that impression. Um, it's, it's like someone needs to get slapped with the dictionary, but they haven't yet. Well, I mean, it, you have to admit the way this, this email is worded. And this was one of my questions is it, it's kind of, it's kind of misleading it, a little bit it's saying that, um, you know, we are basically taking over the amazing Arizona show that assumes that you're, you're buying it out. That's, that's a, I, I can completely no, see where that assumption is coming all. from. And see, that's it. That, it, it, again, it's an assumption. It's not based in any definitive fact. But you you don't see where that how easy it is to make that assumption that that by Go using the verbiage taking over and hit synonyms. But taking using the verbiage that you're you're taking over the amazing Arizona the Arizona amazing Arizona show. I understand. I understand how people could might possibly have misconstrued that and you know if there's any fault in that all i can do is apologize i mean it, however the verbiage is sound because you you continue on to say that you're you're rebranding it and moving it to august and all of the accounts wouldn't it have just been easier to say you know, we're, we're filling the void that was left by the amazing arizona con for pulling out we don't feel that the the market is oversaturated we don't agree with what they're saying we want to put on our own convention. We're basically, we're filling that void. Wouldn't it be easier just to say something like that than using the verbiage of we're taking over and rebranding because that, that it can be misconstrued. You know, I'm sure in hindsight, it's always easier to say multiple things. Um, we, we always look back at things and we're like, Oh, well, is there a better way that we can do things? Of course there is. Um, there's always room for improvement. There's always room to do things a little bit better. Um, again, this is my first show. I'm not going into this thinking I'm the man and I have all the answers and I have all the experience because that's simply not the case. I'm going to fuck up. It'll happen. But you know what my football coach told me? If you're going to fuck up, fuck up big. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I can, I can see that, <laughs> that analogy, but I don't know if that, that's kind of the way to look at it in, in this kind of community. Cause I mean, this, this is a community that can be very loving or very volatile. And if, if that. you go into that. that with that kind of situation or that kind of attitude, if, if it, no, you know, no disrespect, but if it blows up, in your face, then it, it's going to be what you're known for. And that's, that's kind of not the, you would think that your first convention, you would want to play it a little bit safer and closer to the chest than, than taking the go big or go home approach. Yeah. Well, like I said, there's always room to improve and there's always room to do better. Um, in hindsight, would I have worded the email differently? Sure. If I wrote it, maybe, um, I don't know. I still stand behind it and I still agree with the verbiage and I, I, I don't see any problems with it. I think it's being blown up out of proportion and it's being misconstrued. Okay. Um, and, and I mean, that's like I said, everyone's going to have their own opinion as far as the verbiage goes. Clearly, you know, you have yours. 
I have mine. Rob has his. Jimmy J has his. So kind of kind of touching on like we to go back a little bit. You showed me your conversation with Jimmy J. You were you were nice enough to provide that conversation. What? Um, give me your initial reaction when Jimmy J when you saw the response in Bleeding Cool where Jimmy J says, "I don't know what this guy's talking about. I've never had contact with him. This is completely untrue." Well, I mean, obviously, um, the 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 whole thing about it being completely untrue is uh, a, a giant fallacy. Um, but you know, I, I'm not one. Let's just say I'm not going to uh, call someone out and uh, point fingers at this point. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, there's there's really nothing I can do to change um, Jimmy's perspective on this. Um, he's going to believe what he wants. And I mean, there's, there's really nothing else I can do to, to change that perspective. I, I, I've offered an apology. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know what else I can do at this point. Yeah. And, and I saw your apology and I, it's kind of why I reached out to you before setting everything up again as that, you know, if you felt that that was enough or do you, do you want to he- have people be able to hear your side of the, the argument because I feel like your voice being heard over being read in text is a lot more. Um, it it goes a lot. Long, um, what are the words I'm looking for? It goes a lot further to hear what you have to say than try to, to interpret it and read it during text. Yeah, because apparently people don't know how to define words. So I mean, we're kind of at a loss. I was joking, by the way. That's a joke. I'm funny. <laughs> Um, (laughs) now you said you you didn't reach out to rob you had no intention of bringing rob in you don't even know how i'm assuming jimmy j or fabian said something to rob um in advance Uh, it it had to be something i mean uh, one of them reached out to the other who knows who it was yeah what's it matter did well? Did Rob uh, try to reach out to you or try to contact you in any way before making uh, his post, throwing out wild accusations against you and the convention? And nope, not at all. And after I reached out with him, as you could have seen, um, he really didn't care, which was astounding to me. I just, I couldn't, I, I didn't, I couldn't grasp that. Yeah, I. I I kind of read those emails too in the bleeding cool article. I mean, now as far as the bleeding cool article goes, did did you provide that information to them, or did did they obtain that on their own? Nope, I had no contact with Rich prior to uh, him writing that article. Okay, because the reason I asked that is because um, when I had my discussion with Rob and Jimmy J a few weeks ago, it was. Bleeding Cool also picked that article up along with Comic Book Resources, and they kind of they kind of did the same thing where they credited Jesse James Comics with um, yeah. basically getting Rob to to release all that information. And I was just wondering because I know they didn't contact me at all, and I, I wrote letters to the editor and everything like that, and were brushed over about it, saying, "Hey, you know, this isn't correct." So I just wanted to know if they actually reached out to you or if that was just information that they they just obtained somehow yeah it's social media man everybody's watching right um so let's see 
Now, Rob made comments about you being um, banned from CGC and CBCS. These same comments have led people uh, to come forward and make claims against you um, that you've kept people's books or, and then later on being found in the trash. Is there any truth to these allegations against you? Or can you kind of touch on what um, <clears throat> what that's about? Because I know when I sent the screenshot yeah. of what Rob said, you, you kind of came back with me with a, a response that you were kind of taken taken by surprise by that. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I mean, I couldn't believe that, you know, he was bringing up stuff that he didn't have any knowledge of. And again, also was not involved in. This seems to be a trend with him. Um, there was this comic book group. As you may or may not know, I actually run a comic book group. It's got damn near 2,000 members in it. It's called Comic Collecting for Grownups. Prior to me starting this group, I was with another group uh, called Comic Collecting Forum. Um, yeah, I'm there's very a guy on there named uh, Mike Strickland. The admin is Adam Tomlin. They used to do a lot of business with me, uh, tons of business with me, always piggybacking off of the shows that I would attend and getting books signed and sketches done and all that trash. Well, the relationship went sour. Um, Mike Strickland pissed me off in one way or another, and I jokingly said to Adam that I was going to keep his book, and I think I said that I would call it a dickhead payment. Yeah, that, that, that actually happened. And, uh, it, but still, you know, it was, it was a joke. You know, it was, it was sarcasm. You know, it was like, hey, I should probably do this. You know, poke, poke. You know, and just, you know, kind of, ha-ha, wouldn't it be funny if I did this? And, um, but it never happened. You know, I never kept his book. He got his book, um, not too long later, you know, well, almost immediately after that, you know, I, I left that group. I started my own book. Um, Adam Tomlin still had one book that was sent to PGX and, uh, that book, it was a Wolverine sketch, I believe by Joe Rubenstein and, uh, also different. But, uh, that one book was stuck on the bottom because it was separate from my order. Apparently, uh, Aaron up at PGX, he wrapped, you know, all of my books together. And then he put Adam's book on the bottom, uh, in separate wrapping paper. I have no idea. So I took my books out, you know, and I'm going through and I'm like, what the hell? Where's Adam's book? And, you know, of course, what do you do with trash? Yep. Get throw it away. Mm-hmm. The dumpster, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, holy shit, I can't find Adam's book. So I spend uh, all night uh, trying to get a hold of PGX, and I wake up in the morning. You know, uh, Aaron's calling me. He's like, "Hey, that book was in the box." So I run outside my apartment, praying to God the damn dump truck didn't come yet. Luckily enough, it hadn't. Uh, I pulled the box out of the trash can, and what do you know? book was in the trash can so i sent him a picture because hell i did a good deed i'm like check it out dude got your book it's in the trash can found it i mean and that book got shipped to australia adam has his book okay i i mean i i can definitely understand and see where that something like that could happen um 
Again, could you do things better? Yes, of course. I probably could have. I could have probably checked through all the wrapping. Could have probably should have, would have done that, but I didn't. No, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand, like I said, where that, that could go, could go south in a hurry. Um, yeah, and, and it's weird because, like you said, these people in this industry are very finicky. They blow things out of proportion. It's weird. Do you, I mean, going off of this, this situation and it being on, on bleeding cool, do you feel that this is going to reflect negatively on your convention moving forward? I mean, how do you, how do you think you come out of this? Cause I mean, it hasn't been the most flattering light on either side. How, how do you, how do you see yourself going forward from here? I don't think it's going to uh, reflect negatively on my convention at all. Um, and it's concerning an announcement also that I have upcoming. Uh, we're going to be seeking sponsored nonprofit status. This show is going to be put on for the fans of Arizona by the fans of Arizona. And most, if not all, of the proceeds are going to be donated to charity. How's that for coming back? That I mean, that sounds that sounds great to me. I mean, I can't I, I can't really argue with you on that one. I'm in this for one reason and one reason only: the creators. They're all I care about. Well, it, and that's I mean that's a, a great sentiment to have, but. As I was directed by, well, basically it was directed toward me from from Robin a post that that that's not the situation that he he feels that the the Congors of Arizona don't respect the creators and there's nothing here to offer the creators. How would you how would you as a potential convention owner going forward how how would you combat that if if talent said to you? I don't want to come to Arizona because there's nothing for me there. Well, see, this is where we get into our marketing strategy. And uh, this is something I don't really want to give away yet because there's, there's competition here. And everyone knows who I'm competing against. Everyone knows. I don't want to give him any ideas. Well, I, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from with that, but it, do you, you've, is it really a smart business move to, to worry about competing with someone like Phoenix Comic Con right now, considering that you're just starting out and they're, they're massive? I don't even consider Phoenix Comic Con competition. Really? Really. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a pretty bold statement. What, what, what makes you say that? Phoenix Comic Con is completely focused on pop culture. That's not the direction I want to take this show. Jimmy J had a very good idea. He just didn't deliver very well. I really want to deliver. I want to deliver for this community, and I want to deliver for the fans and the people that love this industry. Um, the things that I'm going to do are going to be entirely focused around the creators. The cosplayers, the uh, 
the the people that sell buttons and crocheted hats, they're not my focus. And they're going to have to take a back seat when it comes to the promotions we do for our show. We're going to do things just a little bit differently. Okay. I mean, I, I, I can see where you're coming from in the, from a standpoint that Phoenix is, is focused on, you know, pop culture and, and the media and movies and, and everything like that. But I mean, even and Jimmy J had a good thing going for the first couple of years, and then, in my opinion, he he kind of got greedy and just and that's what I called him out on. I said you you're kind of being greedy here, and you're looking at this as we're just dollar signs, and it doesn't matter who you you are. You're just gonna come here even if I have the same guests because that was my complaint. The last two years in a row, we had the same guests, maybe minus or added a couple of people. And from what I've seen leaked about this year's lineup before he pulled the show, he was about to do it to us again. And, you know, I, 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 I kind of called him out on that. And then that's when Rob came into his defense and was like, Oh, well in his defense, the market is oversaturated. How, what, what are you going to do differently to try and, and prevent having repeat guests year after year after year? Because like you said, Phoenix isn't a competition for you, but they've even kind of done that. I've got, I've got a very good answer for this. If you go to our website, you will notice there is a spot on there that says, um, in regards to guests, if you have been a guest at our show within the last three years, you will not be afforded another guest opportunity. Now I'm not saying that we won't accept them into our show. Let's be very clear on verbiage here because uh, apparently it's very, very easily misunderstood. I said I will not accept them as a guest. I'm not saying you can't come by a table. I'm just saying you're not going to get a guest spot. We're going to bring fresh faces to Arizona who have not been here. We're going to continue to rotate them out and make sure that the best talent pool is available for the people that love comics. Okay. Um, now I don't know if you want to touch on it a little bit or not, but Jesse James has said that he is going to be putting on a convention or a, a, I don't know if you want to call it a convention, but something along those lines to replace and fill the dates that amazing, um, is giving up. Do you have any thoughts on that? I wish him the best of luck. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what else here. Um, let's see. You kind of um, you you said in a post earlier today uh, that you want to bury the hatchet with with Jimmy J, and then you kind of in some comments, in my opinion. You kind of downplayed his his going on in Arizona. Do you do you kind of feel is that do you kind of feel that way or is that something that's just can you can you repeat the question one time? Please? Um, you said you you said in your post earlier today that you you kind of want to bury the hatchet with everyone and and you didn't mean for everything to get blown up the way it has. 
Um, and then I, I feel like in maybe some some comments, and maybe that's just my misunderstanding. You're kind of downplaying the situation a little bit now. Um, do you, do you feel like that's appropriate? You're kind of downplaying his. I got a phone his call from a very very close friend this morning. He happens to be a creator, and um, he advised me that it would be best to do what I'm doing now, which is offer an apology, try to bury the hatchet and um, move on from this because there's no good that's going to come out of it. You know, and, and, and when, when someone that's as close to you as, as this guy is to me, um, when he, when he talks, you know, you kind of listen. So he made a lot of good points and uh, I agreed. And that's why I'm in the position I'm in now. Okay. Now, um, just, I do, I, I believe you used to go by grading Kings. Is that correct? Yeah. Long time ago. Yeah. How, how well, long? Not long. Not a year ago, whatever. How come you no longer go by grading Kings? Because well, we opened up our, our shop. We, we opened up our comic store. So I just, I transitioned everything over to this. And do you, I mean, Um, okay. Like that's, I mean, that's a good enough answer for me, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we opened up our retail location and, and it's, it made sense. I mean, why am I going to have the same company under five different names? You know, just it's stupid. Well, I, um, I was very rude at the beginning. I apologize. Uh, my part, my podcast partner, Kyle is actually here with me and I think he actually has some questions he wants to to direct towards you as well as he's a, a big time convention goer and, and, and pretty big in the convention scene. I think he had some, some questions on how you plan on doing things moving forward. Sure. Put him on. I'll be happy to talk. Hey, I'm here. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Uh, good. I mean, this has been a kind of a, an eventful couple days for you. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Now, you know, I'm going to, um, because it seems like when your name gets brought up in forums and in these comic book circles, it seems to be like you have a big backlash whenever stuff happens. Like, I, and I don't know if it's just because somehow when people write, they interpret things the way that they want to. But like you, uh, like, you know, you, you do grading, you do witnessing for PGX, right? Yes. Now, um, th there was a, some controversy about like a, a holding of the books and you found them later or something. What actually happened with that? Yeah. I already answered that. You already answered that? Like you, yes, I did. you found them in the garbage? Yeah, that, that's already been answered. That was earlier. Yeah, he said. Were he, you not here? He said that he. No, um, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was doing other stuff. He said that he. Oh, okay. He Sorry. got the books, and it was a misunderstanding in that they were attached to the to the bottom of something in the box, and he accidentally threw it in the dumpster, and then came back and got them out. Yeah, and, man, call, and said call that. Aaron. I got an apology from Aaron saying, I will never pack books like that again. I am sorry, Mike. And uh, now, do, have you guys, like, did you guys ever finish your app? 
Remember you guys were making a, a, a comic book cataloging app? I was just wondering if you guys ever oh, finished Oh, wow, it. man. That was, that was a long, long time ago. Well, I've yeah, had, that was when I was still running a web design company. Man, you guys dig up dirt, huh? No, you actually gave me a business card to give it a try. That is awesome. It didn't work worth a crap, did it? No, it, it, was, <laughs> it, it actually ended up being very, like, glitchy and very hard to maneuver through like it was it was hard to yeah, do anything I mean, with it, was, it it was impossible we were finding out with the api feed that um basically you would have to enter in every single bit of data manually there was no way to like auto import that stuff and you know there were all the titles on ebay are ridiculous so whenever you're uh, whenever you're going through the data feed the api pool uh, you'll see that, you know, there's like question marks and, you know, little stars, asterisks, I think they're called, and, uh, you know, parentheses and all that stuff. So to clean up the title, <clears throat> you'd have to go in there in an Excel spreadsheet and manually clean up every single one of those titles for it to be usable, or else there would be no way to do a live price tracking. So we realized that it was way too much work. There was no way in hell we could do it, and we said, "To hell with this! We're not going to do that." Other bigger, better things to get across, huh? And do? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, now another thing I wanted to ask you about was um, there seems now you have a comic book store, right? I do, and it's in Mesa. Actually, no. Uh, we moved up to 32nd and Thunderbird. Uh, we're right next to Toy Anxiety. You're right by Joe's Garato. Yep. Now, did 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 you move for, what, is it a better location, or is it? It is a far better location, and the rent is less than half. <laughs> See, that's what I thought. It's like your, your, your site says Mesa, but the pictures reminded me of the Joe's Garato area we are white right i could walk out my front door and like throw a rock and hit joe in the head <laughs> i'm right i'm right here by him like i'm in the suite right next to him now you um now your logo did is that is that something your wife drew for you is that how you guys came up with that and like all the, your designs on your your front store window and everything because i know she's a really good artist yeah, yeah, she does all the logos and graphics and all that crap. She's fantastic. That's okay. That's good. And because I, I like, I seen her uh, Raphael Albuquerque, the cover that didn't make it to a cover. Yep. Yeah, that I I give her uh, kudos for that picture there. Well, you just made her smile. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very happy. It was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, she's a fantastic artist. She does really, really good. She's got big, big things coming up. All right. Well, we we definitely appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and uh, have this conversation with us. Uh, there, Mike. We weren't. Yeah, I hope another questions you felt were too out of line. We weren't. We weren't trying to to portray you in a bad light. We we're just trying to get down to the the nitty gritty of of what's going on. Yeah, I, I have no problems answering any questions anybody asks. And, you know, some of the people that walk into my store ask me the same questions, and I'm happy to talk to them. In fact, you guys should come hang out, come look around the store, see what's up. Well, I might just have to do that at, at some time. Um, but like I said, 
we we've just been involved with this this whole massive explosion of nonsense since day one and then when when you kind of rolled over to you and i I saw that rob was kind of doing the same thing to you that he did to me i I felt like we needed to get except it i mean no disrespect on your end it exploded way more than it it did with me like it it got small circle and i may have had the balls but i mean you you kind of lit the blaze (laughs) but um (laughs) I just well, you know, it's like my football coach said: you're gonna fuck up, fuck up big. I got one more quick question. Okay, you're a witness for PGX now. Everybody seems to, um, PGX seems to be the person that the, the company that nobody cares about. So you you have tried CGC, you have been with CBCS, and what makes PGX stand above the rest for you? That makes you want to. To witness for them because you know everything that i hear is is pgx isn't the way to go so now that i actually have somebody here that can kind of speak on half of pgx i'm kind of now i'm curious that i finally get to hear the, the pgx side okay i'm gonna let you know a little secret here this whole grading game is complete bullshit all of it 100 percent grade a rubber stamped bullshit And I'll tell you why. You can get 10 books, select 9-8 pre-screen, send them off to CGC, send them off to CBCS, hell, send them off to Australia. What's that other grading company they got down there? I know they got one, Halo or some crap like that. Uh And you're going to get two or three of the books back. Send those same two or three back in 9-8 pre-screen. Tell me what happens. <laughs> I'm telling you, no one greater. They're not machines, man. They're not machines. This is something people have to realize. These people are people just like you and I. Some have better glasses than others. Some have smudges on their glasses. Some don't wear glasses at all, but you know they refuse to go to the optometrist to get them. You know, sometimes their phone rings. Their wife's, you know, telling them, "Hey, you know, pick up." so-and-so for dinner, and then they miss something on a book. How do you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, anything that they do is infallible? It's all done with an assumption, an assumption that they are perfect and above everyone else. When I can tell you firsthand, they're not. Grading is a way to get more money from a consumer for the same book. That's all it is. You're paying someone else 30 bucks for you to charge someone else more. Yeah, but why, what, why, why, what made you choose to be now, a facilitator for PGX and be their witness? That's what I'm saying. I'm, like, like you've I, tried all three. I, what? I was getting into that, okay. I, I, and I'm going to continue to get into that. Um, when I was with um, working with Jesse James, believe it or not, I used to work with Jesse. And, um, we were doing the CGC thing, all that good stuff. You know, we had some stuff where some stuff happened. Don't really want to get into it. Not going to throw anybody under the bus. Things didn't work out. So I left and I was working with another company called Desert Wind and uh, Chandler and Sharon. And we were doing the CBCS thing, you know, and uh, found out that, you know, being a CBCS witness is kind of like selling kitchen knives. 
basically you call Steve Hollis and you're like, hey, you know what? I can crack a slab. I can witness a book. Please let me be a witness. And he says, okay, sign this paper. And then you're a witness. They have more witnesses than they have people that submit books, which, which is crazy. And um, that model didn't really work out for my business. Um, if you talk to anyone involved in, in CBCS, you're going to find out very quickly it's the Matt Sossaman show. Basically what Matt Sossaman says goes. And uh, he gave me a lot of crap because I wanted to set up a kind of a territorial thing. Uh, I wanted to get a group of authorized witnesses, put us together, and get us at all the shows so we could ship books to each other. So we could accept customers from basically everywhere, like five different states. We would accept books from everybody. And then we would send them to each other in different states. Oh, to make sure everything gets get signed for signed. everybody. Yeah. So we would be basically a 24-7 Comic-Con. You get it? Yeah. So no matter Matt where you're at. Said, oh, my God. What a horrible idea. This is, this is bad. This is going to create a monopoly. And you know what? Now he's fucking doing it. Go check that out. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it is a good idea, though, because I mean, no matter where you're at in the in the country, you have that connection to somebody. You can always be accepting commissions for your customers. You can get orders filled. People can make money. It puts money in the creator's pockets. It's not stingy. It's just good business. Well, yeah, because I mean, to to send a book away to have somebody sign it via somebody else, it's expensive. Because everybody, I mean, there's a there's a fee for somebody to stand in line. There's a fee mm-hmm. for the the creator or the artist or the, whoever, yep. and then you have to have it graded. So I mean, it's, yeah, it's, and I mean, you can't buy a hamburger at the con for less than twenty bucks, and I like hamburgers. So I mean, you said that you came up with this idea and you 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 tried to pitch it and they didn't like it, and then they turned around and did it. <laughs> you know, this shit happens a lot, bud. <laughs> well, that kind of goes back to my my point about the Neil Adams yeah, thing. Is that it's good to have things in writing? And my model, because you know, I get my books back faster. And, and I'm talking like you know, two weeks to a month turnaround. He um, said two week turnaround. They, they have an excellent material when it comes to slabbing. Their cases actually feel like cases. They're heavier than. Uh, CGC's old cases. I haven't seen their new cases or played with them yet, so I don't know any. I can't, you know, go into that. Um, CBCS cases, they're flimsy as hell. I mean, you feel like you could break those damn things. Um, I don't know. And I, I just, I, I, I like PGX better. Uh, it's, and, you know, it was a business decision, too. And, uh, you know, I stand behind that as well. So, I mean, so is this what you're doing for PGX now, this kind of this kind of networking across the country thing? Is that how you guys – is that what you're doing for them? Is that why they are, they're enjoying you being there and helping them bring in – Oh, man. Uh, you know, to be honest, I haven't really done much with PGX over the last few months since my shop's been open. Uh, I've kind of let the grading and slabbing part of things kind of take a back burner. You know, uh, we've only been doing it for in-store customers because we're so busy with inventory and everything else, you know, I haven't been deep into the grading game in, in the last seven months and I'm trying to kind of transition out of it. And it's not through any fault of any grading company or anything. It's just that it's not really something that I want to focus on. 
It's very easy to move a $3 comic book. It's very hard to move a $1,200 New Mutants 98. Yes, I, I can see that. So you... So you, so how long have you been in your shop over on Thunderbird in Thirty Second? Uh, when did you yeah, move there? Weeks, no. Is that where it's at? That's where it's at, right? Thirty Second. Yeah, yeah, it's about seven, eight weeks now. We've been here. So I mean, so do so do you get to do a lot of stuff with the with Toy Anxiety next door? Then I mean, they they I guess they got to be happy to get that extra comic influx of people then. Yeah, it's, it's really nice being right next to them. Um, and, you know, anybody that comes here looking for toys, we just refer them over there. And anyone going over there looking for comics, they refer them over here. And, you know, it's just a reciprocal relationship. Hmm. So, I mean, I mean, you do all the normal stuff. You have pull boxes. You have, I mean, everything that people can, that want when they go to a comic book store. Yep. I mean, you do, so you do like 20% off back issues, Free bags and boards, and we have the most. We have uh, we have the most uh, signed and exclusive variants. Um, I would say uh, than any other shop in Arizona. I've got more signed and exclusive stuff than Jesse has, or hell, anybody. Is that why you call consider yourself the signature king? I would say that yes. <laughs> I I just want to touch on something real quick that I found kind of interesting. So. You're saying that you you, you kind of said that grading was was a waste of time and a waste of money because it, you send the book in and one person grades it another way, and then someone yep. can grade it. So and you know what I tell that to all my customers too. You're so you're essentially saying that in the grading process, where the flaw comes in is the people grading it because it for whatever yeah, I reason. I mean, hell, if we Human had error. if we had Terminator grading these things, you know, there probably wouldn't be a problem. But the fact is, not all of these graders are built the same. They all weigh different weights. They're all different heights. They have different vision capabilities. They have different um, grade level comprehension. I mean, you 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 can put there. Not one person is going to be the exact same or grade something the exact same. To ask that is ludicrous. Well, I would. You think you have to have a policy set in place or guidelines that they have to follow? Because then that you wouldn't be a credible company if you didn't. You know, I mean, yeah, you can have a guideline, but I mean that that's not set in stone. And just because you know you can try to follow it doesn't mean it's always followed one hundred percent of the time. the The human element is the most fallible element in the universe. As far as I know, we're the only ones that make mistakes. <laughs> all right i mean that's a very interesting take on on grading i know people kind of say it but for to 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 hear it from somebody i mean well not to that but to hear it from someone who's so closely involved with it yeah and has been in the aspect of it of as far as like being a shop owner and a fan to working with cbcs and, C- and cgc and pgx that i mean that's to me that's a bold statement to make and I mean, it not kudos for making it, but it it's just kind of shocking to to hear because I've never been a real supporter. You know, one thing you're gonna find out very quickly about me is that I'm always honest. I I mean, I have no reason to doubt you. I just say this, me personally, I don't. I'm not a big supporter of grading. I I kind of feel the same way. I feel that it, not necessarily from the grading standpoint, but from the way everything's done you can't read the book anymore you can't touch the book it's it pretty much becomes useless after it's graded to me i think it looks really nice in my case my (laughs) my personal 
choices to get the great the book signed get a certificate of authenticity and put them in a really nice frame and hang them on my wall so you know, you know but those damn grading cases they are really pretty and i really do like them yeah they do look nice <laughs> because you know you know the, oh, the statement is always you can't read it but i mean you can buy a reader copy yeah. you can download a yeah, digital um, copy i mean yeah. there's so many ways you can read that book and if you read it a few times it's in your brain you know what happens yeah but I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, know, you can you can you can find ways, you know, to to get that same book and read it. You know, if you really really want to read it, you know, why would you spend, you know, five grand on this book if you didn't want it slapped? You know, I mean, it's like, why are you going to spend a hundred dollars on a variant cover, a one in one hundred, or a two hundred dollars on a one in one hundred, and not get it slapped? The entire point of that would be to probably get it slapped. The average person is not as hardcore into comics as we are, they're just going to buy you know, a three ninety nine issue and they don't give a shit. Yeah. I, I mean, my expensive books, I like to grade. I like to have them slabbed. I like to have them encased. Yeah. I just Me don't. too. I think they're pretty. You know, I've got them hanging on the wall all over my shop because I think they're pretty. I don't trust anyone long enough to have my books for months at a time. That's, that's just me. <laughs> yeah. And what if they switch it out? Oh no. Right. They make a mistake. How would you ever know? Right. Oh man, it's not your book anymore. Now, you know, I'm messing with man. I'm. I mean, I've heard, I've heard horror stories of that from CGC. I've heard the stories of people cracking books, and they sent a Hulk 181, and they had like a Daredevil 42 in there, you know, in and in the 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 cover. So, I mean, I've heard I've heard the horror stories, and that's just why I I don't I don't trust that. Now, with being a witness, do you? Do, I mean, you can just you just sign something that says yes, they signed it, right? That's how, is that how you stand there? They sign it, and then you sign a piece of paper that agrees to it, right? That well, they, you don't even sign a piece of like you're the one that sends it into the grading company. Like, like there's there's no paper involved. I think CBCS does have some paperwork involved, and I consider it unnecessary and tedious. But um, like if you're with CGC, like there's no paperwork involved. You're just a CGC witness and then boom, boom. And then, you know, you just fill out the form and you initial it and that's it. You know, there's, there's no like COA process or, you know, behind the scenes. So, I mean, how easy is it to like false witness something? Is that something that, that you see that's rampant in, in this signature game, like doing false witnessing and just signing it off for people? Cause you know, like people don't have the time to stand in line or whatever, or is that just not you just don't hear about that. You know, you're always, again, here we go again. The most fallible element is the human one. Okay. They're the only ones that are going to make the mistakes. And it happens. It happens all throughout, you know, the the history of history. You're going to see this stuff go on and on and on. Mistakes are going to be made. People are going to be like, all right, yeah, you know, you know, or or they're not mistakes. Maybe they're doing it maliciously, just trying to make a quick buck. You're going to see it. It happens. It's the way it is, man. I, I mean, people are people are people. At the end of the day, you yeah. know, they're going to be people. And they're going to do whatever they want. Well, they can. Yes, yeah. and they do. <laughs> and they do. Yeah, <laughs> and some some quite effectively. Some more effectively than others. Yeah, I um, I mean, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to sit down with us. I know it's it's Friday night and you probably got other things you want to be doing. So 
again, I, I want to thank you for for sitting down and taking the time to kind of clear the air and hopefully this gets your side of the story out a little bit and and takes a little bit of the heat off of you and and the heat off of the situation and everything kind of just dies down and or at least or at least everyone gets to hear it instead of because I, I really believe that sometimes what happens is with a lot of things is when you read emails, when you read text messages, you you hear you read it in your mind the way you want it to be. And I think sometimes yeah, being able to talk and say things, I think it it, it it can bring a different light to you know, bring a different light to situations because you know, you've always read that text message where you're like fucking dick and you realize that he wasn't being a dick. So it's, it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and it's and it's easy for for messaging to get out of control. So sometimes and, it's and good know, to just to hear a voice. I, I'll, I'll admit too, you know, I'm a little rough around the edges, a little bit. So you know, sometimes maybe partially, a lot of times actually, some of the fault is mine. But you know, I'm not, I'm not a complete asshole. Let's just say that. <laughs> Yeah, and again, like I said, I want to I want to thank you for for just sitting down with us and kind of clearing the air. And like like Kyle said, it's always better to hear, and that's kind of what I wanted to get in the show. It's always better to hear your side of the story than than read it, because then it it cuts down on that. And it's not as far, it's not as well opened into interpretation if it's coming from your mouth than it is from the keyboard. Right. So uh, with that, unless you have any other thing for us um i think that'll that'll do it i just want to again thanks for for being on and hopefully this goes a I long do way have to something for you. sure do you guys want to be guests at my show <laughs> sure have you guys come down set up do a little podcast sure. we, be would, a we would definitely be uh that's something that we would definitely be open to doing cool sounds good man we got to work it out all right sounds Keep in good touch. will do you have a good night uh, bye 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 so there it is from the man himself's mouth, Mike Wheeler. Again, we want to thank you for coming on the show, taking the time out of your busy Saturday night or Friday night. Sorry. Interesting too. on many different. It is. It, it's very interesting on many different accounts. He, he said some things that took me off, off guard and caught me by surprise. Um, I was, I found it very interesting how he dodged my, my Fabian question. But maybe there wasn't anything behind it. It just wasn't a a question worth answering. I, I apologize to you, first of all, Kyle. You forgot to uh, to introduce you at the beginning. Yeah, I I completely. I was just ready to get into it. We were, you know, we've been talking about this for a couple of days now. We were in the zone, and I, I apologize one hundred percent that I I forgot to introduce you. <laughs> you were up running around. You were like, introduce me, introduce me, and I was like, so intent on trying to listen to what he was saying to ask a follow-up question that i forgot to introduce you kyle and i apologize so that's why i came very late into the interview yeah because we finally were he's giving me middle fingers and <laughs> like trying to kick me and slap shit out of my hand and throwing shit at me and i was like apparently at some point jose came out of nowhere it was just <laughs> it was just crazy but um but you know i got to ask him a couple questions that i had been curious about I mean, I, I really wanted to to get his opinion on the stigma of using PGX. I, I don't think he really, I think he 
didn't really get into it. I don't think I got the answer I was expecting out of it. Well, but, his uh, reasoning for using PGX from what he said is they're faster and they have a better and they like the mylar cases. case. Yeah. And then what what flabbergasted me is just how he how <clears throat> blunt and direct he was about grading. I mean, I guess if that's its opinion, that's its opinion. I mean, you can't. But then he kind of like took it. I don't know. I wouldn't say he took it back because I don't want to misconstrue anything from no. this, this. But he kind of like flipped it a little bit when I said that's why I don't gr- I don't believe in grading. That's why I don't grade. And he was kind of like, well, you're stupid if you don't. No, no. What he meant was. No, he wasn't calling me stupid, but no, he just no, said you're, you're. What he would mean is you should. And I've kind of said this, too, is, is you know, everyone except Jose has their Hulk when anyone graded. Yeah. It's an expensive book. So most everybody, not everybody, but most people when they when they buy this $2,000 book, they 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 encapsulate it. It's it's just part of what a lot of people do and I think yeah. you know and I I think that's kind of what he was getting at with the whole expensive grading thing. It's you know you know you just these expensive books you're seeing less and less raw copies of them. Yeah. I mean, he was a very nice guy. Very nice. Very enjoyable discussion. I don't feel like he he didn't really back away from anything. I mean, we called. No, I mean, he. we asked <clears> him a question, and he answered We asked it. the hard questions. We, we called his. You asked his, him a question. I didn't know you asked him a question, so I asked it again. And <laughs> We called his personal um, character into question because that's, you know, like I said, we're in the industry. We hear things. People talk. It's a court of public opinion. People talk, and they're always going to talk. And we we asked him things, and he did not shy away from answering him. Did not shy away from answering him. So, I again, I, I hope, like I said in the interview, I hope this goes a long way to maybe clear some things up. Maybe to and mend. Maybe a couple more questions. Maybe mend some bridges. Um, hopefully not burn bridges. I mean, you got to hear things, and and this is what I was trying to get at at the end is is it's one thing to write it, but it's sometimes just to hear the person say it. I mean, there is no, you know, it's easy to say, you know, what's somebody else wrote it. It was that's not what I've meant. That's, you know, I know that's the way it was typed. But so a lot of times, just hearing things, people are saying it and they're explaining it. Sometimes it's easier to to get where they're. It's to get where they're going with it, and to you know, you find you yeah. kind of understand what they, what they really meant. Sometimes, what I mean, one thing that he he did that I don't necessarily agree with is he kind of tried to deflect the email, and he's he's standing by the verbiage that he used. I will be honest; I necessarily I I agree more with with the stance that's been taken of it's the wrong verbiage to use. It is in completely inappropriate to use. And you know what? It's it's gonna happen, and it it just sucks that it happened on a scale as big as it did. As yeah. big as it did, because you know everybody's written something. And you're just like, and and that's the problem with writing things. It's 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 easy to write stuff so that it pushes it in a direction. He probably didn't mean it. He, but it, it, to me, the way I interpret it, and it's and. It, this is how everybody is. When you read something, you interpret it differently. Right. Even even with comic books, you, I read a comic book. You read the same comic book. 
we both know exactly what happened, but we interpret things a little bit differently. And it's because we read it, and it's the way our brains work, and it's the way we were brought up, and right. it's the way we, we learned, and it's it's just the way we are. So it's and it's easy with emails and messages to to skew it in a direction that you want it to go. So mm-hmm. that it, it goes at an angle. Yes, you technically and I'm not I'm not calling him out personally, I'm just saying overall you you can you can okay, it kinda sounds like this. And you can do that with most anything. You know? And and the and the one of the things with writing stuff is in your head you know exactly what you mean. Like in his head, those words meant that meaning. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we're all reading it and we don't know what's going on in his head, so we can only take it for what is on the paper. And if it seems like he's moving it in a it's being moved in a direction, that's just the only way we can take it. I'm not saying it was or wasn't, but to me it was it was insinuated. It was okay, I I kinda see what you're okay. I kinda see where he's getting at with it. But the way I interpret it is, is I don't see that because, like I said, he, he was gracious enough to send us everything. Um, in his emails with Jimmy J, to me, like I, I think said, the in word the interview, rebranding can be <clears throat> interpreted so many ways. Well, it's not necessarily rebranding that that got me. It's what gets me is talking to Jimmy J in that conversation. Like I said in the interview, Jimmy J was very much like. Show me the money, then I'll give you an answer. Show me the money, then I'll give you an answer. Show me the money, and I'll give you an answer. Tell me what your budget is, and I'll give you an answer. Not saying that Jimmy J was money hungry. And what I forgot to ask him about is I forgot to ask him to touch on why he felt like Jimmy J is all of a sudden now slamming him and telling other talent. And that, you know what we forgot to ask about was the blackmailing part. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That I forgot to ask about the blackmailing part, which if he listens to this, if he would like to touch but on that, you know I would what? greatly it, appreciate it. I but. think the Joker said it best. If you're good at something, don't do it for free. Don't do it for free. So if he's right. good at running a con, and he is, Jimmy J knows how to put on a con. I We've all gone there year after year. He knows how to put on a con. So why would he give up his little secrets for free? Right. You know what I mean? So I kind I kind of get that why, you know, why Jimmy wanted I if I had a very recognizable con that that brought thousands and thousands of of uh, comic and and pop culture goers to it, why would I tell you how to do it? And the thing, and, and, and I'm sure they might know each other. They might, yeah. And they've ran in circles. We all kind of know Jimmy J. He probably doesn't fucking know us from Adam. We're not, yeah, we're not tight, but we we run in very similar circles. So, I mean, so, and I, you know, I, I can kind of see where, hey, you know, throw the dog a bone. Yeah. And let me get a couple pointers, but I can, My, but why do it for free? But that, that also brings me back to the question while I asked him before. You don't trust people in business. So where, why, you know, I understand he feels like Neil Adams is his friend and they're friendly with him and they talk all the time. But in my personal opinion, I would have gotten that in writing. I'm not going to just take anybody by their word. Yeah, I'm not going to take anybody by their word. His thing is, is, is you know, like if if me and you make a deal on something, we don't write it down. Yeah, the deal is, we know we said it. We're both good with it, and I think that's, and I think that's how he's seeing Neil Adams. Yeah, he's seeing it as you know what we've 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 talked, we've bullshitted. He he recognizes me by by you know he recognizes me enough that we can we interact, and he you know. I don't know how good of friends they are, but it has to, he made it sound like it was enough that they were 
more than cordial. They and, were they were they were chummy. And I can understand where that comes from because I'm kind of the same way with like Cena Grace. Like I take him at his word if he says he's going to do something. So I know if, he's if you do ask it. Cena Grace to come here and do something, you wouldn't send him a contract because you guys think you have that you have that bond where if he says he's going to do it, you just know he's going to do it. No, but I wouldn't. I would put in there. But this is just me. I understand people think differently. I would put in there that. I have, you know, you, you want to be up front. So I would say I have a verbal agreement from Cena Grace to attend this convention. Yeah. Nothing set in stone. It's a verbal agreement. I have a agreement of the verbal base. I have base. been in talks with. Right. And what she does that with Jim Lee. I mean, he doesn't do that. Um, he, he says, yeah. I have Neil Adams already on board. And I'm in talks with Jim Lee. So he should have said, I'm in talks with Neil Adams and in talks with Jim Lee. Yeah, I'm in talks with I'm in talks with Neil Adams, and he's like he's liking what he's hearing. Yeah, and I'm in talks with Jim Lee. But I mean, it's it's easy for us to sit here and pick it apart. And I pick understand. it apart now because the the part that gets me though is where he says I'm basically taking over the American the amazing Arizona show, and he he denied that. He said you can can, can perceive it any way you want. That's not how I mean it. And that's it. because in his head, and I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or different, but in his head, that's the way he interprets it, is, and that's not what it is. Yeah. That's the only problem with words written down is if you're not in the head, then you have to take it for exactly what it says. And right. if it says, I'm I'm taking over, then you are led to believe that... That's exactly what's happening. ...that he's taking it over. Yeah. So, I, I mean, talking to him, I, could, I can see... I, I see both sides of... The argument, but I, I do think it was worded to, in a way that it, it it was easy to interpret. However, misinterpret, misinterpret the way you wanted it, right? Or however you want and to say it. I'm super interested in how now it makes me really wonder how Bleeding Cool gets their stories and their their sources, and if they check. And I'm not calling out Bleeding Cool, but I I deliberately asked him. I straight up asked him, how does Bleeding Cool, how did he get this, this information? Did they contact you? Anything. And he straight up told me no. So, yeah, that's, I mean, this whole thing is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I again, I was, all we were trying to do with this, with, with Mike is get his, his take on everything from his mouth and go from there. Hopefully try to resolve the situation a little bit. And hopefully it doesn't explode into this huge thing. But I think I think just like with any huge thing on the internet, it it's just it's just gonna take time for people to blow it over. Yeah. And I just think But I, just... I can amend him on taking taking the interview and talking to us and taking the shots and answering the personal questions that are hard to answer. Answering questions about his personal character. I mean, people don't want to necessarily do that, but he stood in the fire and took it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad I'm glad he accepted it with us. But again, I hope you all enjoyed this interview. And it was enlightening. It was enlightening, and hopefully, it hopefully the fucking saga of Rob Liefeld, Jimmy J, and the amazing Arizona Comic Con comes to an end. Well, I mean, it's it's guaranteed for us because they're not coming back. Yeah, they're not coming. Well, at least this and year. And by the sounds of it, I think Rob's fucking bailing on us too. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he's coming back. I've listen. I have put, and I will reiterate this again. I have put the invitation to Jimmy J to appear on this show. I have put the invitation for Rob Liefeld to appear on this show, and I put the invitation for Mike to appear on the show. 
and Mike is the only one that stepped into the fire and took the interview. So I, I commend him for graciously doing that, and I thank him for inviting us to his show. Um, we'll have to be in talks if we're going to do that. But, um, again, I, I just I want to thank him for, for taking the time out of his day to, to do that with us. Yep, thank you. So for the Absolute Geek Podcast on this special interview, I'm Matt. And I'm Kyle. And we will see you next time.